JB kind of jumped the gun a little bit. Of course, we got Rick talking coming up, but our good friend Chris Versteeg, who's been kind of quiet lately under the radar. He's up to something. He's up to something. We're going we're gonna to track him down. Now, I was on the morning show with uh, J.D., uh, Ailish, and Blake, and uh, they're all over me because Versteeg wants to do our show and, and not theirs. Well, we appreciate that. He's a uh, he's a busy man. Uh, he's a bu- busy man. Tough texter too. Tough guy to get a, to get a hold of. So he'll be uh, be glad to have him on here. You know he's got Kipper. Can I tell you about his app, or should we let him tell you about his app? Well, you, you should... now is it clever? Clever. K L E V R. Sammy spelt it wrong. I think fire Sammy. No, nah, let's keep him around. For we already at least fired a headline writer at Sportsnet. Let's let's day. keep him around. <laughs> let him at least get let, let him. Get through the holidays. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but uh, clever, spelled with a K. Yes. Yep, K-L-E-V-R. Well, you know what? I, well, let's wait for Chris to give us a, a walkthrough on it because I'm sure he can give All you right. a better description than I can. So this, he, 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 he. You got him. Now, Chris, you, you, you dabbled in the broadcasting and then you said, screw it, I'm I'm going to invent an app. Is, is, that, is that the way it went down? <laughs> Well, you know how it went down? I was sitting at home during my broadcasting, and I was drinking these, I don't know, pineapple rosemary <laughs> You know what I mean? And everyone said, there's this guy named Nick Kiprios, and he's a heck of an entrepreneur, and he created these. I said, no way, Nick Kiprios? And I was like, well, i got to do something now. So that's what I did. No, I, uh, are you pulling my leg? Have you, have you really I, tried my grilled pineapple? <laughs> Uh, if I have about 15 in my fridge right now, I swear to God, it is unbelievable. That's it's little my Buddha, only drink. people. Little Buddha. <laughs> and what happened was is I started drinking those, and I told all my friends. I thought I was going to get kickbacks at one point, but apparently not. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Yeah, and so, yeah, I drink them all the time. Wow. And I ever get the second flavor. Is yes, that true? a peach tea. A, a peach. A bunch of people said they tried it, too, so I haven't tried that one yet. Justin Bourne, you're fired. Chris Versteeg, <laughs> Monday through Friday, Fridays from 3 to 5, you're my new co-host. Let's be yeah. real. If he wants that, it's his. We, I'm aware of that. Well, I appreciate well, the, the little Buddha love, pal. Yeah. Well, I'll be back in broadcasting one day. I love doing it. Okay. Sure. So where, where's the focus been? <laughs> Clever with a K. What are we talking about here? Yeah. K-L-E-V-R. Clever. Uh, so... <laughs> Kind of when I was doing my broadcasting, a bunch of parents between the age of uh, generally 10 and 15 were asking me to look at their kids' clips and the current sport tech out there. I don't know if you guys use it. It's hard to use. It's time-consuming. And I was like, I, I, I don't want to watch a whole game. I just want to watch one or two clips. So me and my co-founder, he's the coach of the Cloner Rockets, were like, let's just build our own platform where a parent can find that clip. They could send it to us. We could annotate it and send it back, almost cameo style, but even slicker and used for, for athletics. So that's what we did is uh, we basically streamlined the entire clip, edit, annotate, and share process. So I don't know if like a, if a coach was to do this before to do a stride progression to get a clip of someone's forward, back, and side stride, they'd have to use that video. They'd have to go back to Coach's Eye or another platform, then pull it off of there, put it into a link, and it would take in there for two to four days later. And with ours, they take a clip forward, side, and, stri- and back behind, sorry, and they edit on the fly. We call it fly editing from the camera. So basically, I'll explain it. You're filming for five minutes on a regular phone. Your kid scores a goal at the five-minute mark. Mm -hmm. You've saved five minutes of video, although all you need is that goal, right? 
All you need is that five seconds of the goal. So ours, you're buffering that time. And when your kid scores a goal, after he scores, you tap this K button. It'll go back 15 seconds and get rid of everything else. So you're editing on the fly, right? So that's basically where we could take that clip. We could annotate it, uh, basically frame by frame, slow motion, draw. And then we could send it back to the athlete literally in seconds. So back to Jess Campbell, she, uh, she took all the clips forward, side, and behind. She merges them together in the platform, and she sends it to the parent before the kid's skates are off. So basically it was just about, you know, I'm kind of lazy at times. So basically I was just trying to make it easier on me and everyone else. So that's what we've, we've done, and uh, it's been awesome. We've had 300-plus coaches helping us test the product for uh, almost a year now. Um, and Jess Campbell and Alyssa Gagliardi, high-level coaches uh, from all over, have been giving us some insight. Again, that's not our market. As, as you know, Nick, you got to figure out a market. I never knew any of this mm-hmm. a year ago, nothing. Our market is what we call the B coach. It's the youth hockey coach and the C coach, whether it's from, you know, uh, I guess house league all the way up to rep. But generally, the way our camera's set up, you can use it. You know, a, a manager could sit on the sidelines for 30 minutes. One goal against happens. Tap the K. Boom, you send a 15-second clip, right clip right to the coach on the bench. He could either look it out on the bench or in between periods. So it's just, uh, it's just easier. There's just so many functionality to it. I could go on and on about all the functionality to it. But again, this thing's built for the youth sport market, the big market. Not so much the pro athletes, even though we've had a bunch using it so far because it's easier to use. But yeah, it's, it's been fun. It's been crazy. This whole experience has been um I mean, really new to me, I guess, Nick, I'd like you to kind of touch on it. I'd probably even like to call you one time to pick your brain because you think you could just build an app and put it out there, right? It's, it's, it's way more than that. You need to have developers. You need to have business. You need to have, you know, strategy. You have to have goals. You have to have a road. It's just so much more goes into it. And I never knew that. And again, when you play hockey, you don't understand these things. You just play hockey. That's it. So this has been a pretty enlightening experience for me and a lot of fun. And today's been a huge day with the launch. It's uh, it's no different than you in Chicago or me in New York. You surround yourselves with the Messiers, the Leeches, the Taves, the yeah. Canes. And you just and you look good on the other and, side. And, and you just you look good, hey. exactly. Yeah, I call my I call 2010 ring Taze and 2015 Canes. So, yeah. That's yeah. You know, what's funny is you have like high aspirations for that app, but like you sent me that demo and my son is five and he's fallen on his face half the time. So I just aim it at the kid. And when I get a good like down and back from the kid, I'm able to just clip it and send it to his grandma. So I, even for like lower use people like myself as he's young, it's been really cool. So I just wanted to yeah. ask you because I, I know every listener out there uh, is, is dying to know where can I find this? Where is it available? How quickly can it come to me? Right now, it's on the App Store. It's only for Apple at the moment. Uh, so it's on the App Store, klevr.ai, and it's a free app, free download. Uh, and that's kind of the biggest thing why I did this is I grew up poor, right? And as you guys know and we all know, uh, sports is expensive, yeah. and hockey has gotten astronomical, and it's insane. And my whole like thought process is how do I democratize sport tech? How do I bring some of the tools that the NHL players get to use and bring it to everyone else, right? But basically, the hockey dad who doesn't have enough time uh, to learn how to use these complicated sport tech platforms, now he could use mine, right? So how could we democratize tech and bring it to everyone? And that's been my whole process is bringing the 99 to the one. That's kind of our slogan, right? And that's, for me, what it's been all about. 
So I'm fascinated then, have you, throughout your playing career, were you someone who responded well to this stuff, to the tech side, to the coaching part? Because a lot of this is going to be shown to kids, and I don't know about you, but sometimes I didn't want to hear it from anyone. I thought I had it all figured out. Were you someone who was better at accepting coaching? Well, I couldn't, it depended how it was. If it was one simple thing, that's why I think Quenville was the best coach I ever had. It's because he wouldn't come to you and be like, hey, you need to fix this, 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 and that. He would show you one 10, 15 second clip. Be like, hey, look at you. He always told me you're changing light bulbs when I'm on the forecheck. Get stick down, stick on puck, drive through the puck with your stick. You know, and then the next time he'd figure something else out and tell me that, you know, he wouldn't give me compounding things to complicate me. And that's kind of how this, this tech is built. You know, you have one minute to basically as a coach to get your point across to the athlete and within that minute, try to make it one point or two points that they can remember. And we've actually studied visual learning and e-learning and it's a 30 to 60% higher retention rate if, if an athlete can watch something right away. So that's kind of been what's gone into it. Make it simple for the athlete. Don't give them five, 10 minute breakdowns, give them that one minute or less breakdown, make it simple and give them something to learn from. Yeah. Uh, forgive me for asking this, but we're, were you young? Are, were you young enough where iPads were on the bench by the end of your career? <laughs> oh yeah. So twenty twenty twelve, I was with the Panthers, and they probably, I think, when the the new owner came in, he bought us all iPads. That's how it Ooh. started. And then they started to come on the bench. I remember in twenty fifteen, I retired in twenty eighteen from the NHL, and it was full blown on the bench. Now again, I, I don't know how iPads on the bench. Like I think iPads on the bench are okay if you want to check things out. I don't know if you're like a third fourth line guy and you're asking for the ipad every five seconds i think that's more so trying to tell you hey coach look at me i'm looking at the ipad every shift you know i do think there is a certain place for it hey look at our power play look at the setup look where the d is on the pk look how they're cheating on the low pass little things like that i think it could be real uh crucial for you uh but again it's about not overwhelming the athlete right and you know nick it's like uh, when they're saying so many things to you you're just trying to focus on your game you can't give an athlete 10 different things See, I would have been the opposite. I would have grabbed the iPad and started playing solitaire. (laughs) And I'd show the coach and say, hey, listen, (laughs) unless you start playing me more, you know, this is is where I'm going to be. I mean, who knows what I would have started watching (laughs) with it. Yeah, no, it's um, it is a different world with all that technology. How did you see meetings evolve uh, over the course of your career as a player? You know, it's something I obviously did this video work for uh, the Marlies for a couple of years, and you know, they found that the ki- the people had you know, the players had the ability to stay engaged at the meeting for like five minutes, but they had you know seven different types of meetings spread throughout the course of the day: a couple at morning skate, a couple after, a couple before warmups, a couple after. How did it evolve uh, over your playing career? Yeah, it evolved in in a ton of ways. And like you said, meetings. But I thought the best coaches still found a way to get their point across in five minutes or less. The ones that go over that five-minute mark, I literally remember guys sleeping, like closing their eyes and they were out. So (laughs) you're you're right. You have PK meeting. Get your point across, you know, three to five minutes or less and get it across fast. Uh, The other thing which changed when I was with Calgary near the end of my career is they had us wear wearables, you know, basically to track our – Uh, pressure into the ice, track your heart rate, track so many different things. So they are tracking a lot of things. I don't know if that necessary tracking players love all that data on them because, again, it could be used against you in negotiations and many other things. And even if you've had injuries, I know I had injuries, and they'd be like, hey, your your push pressure isn't as as what it was at the start of the year. Why is it Mm. now? I'm like, well, I'm playing on one hip. 
You know what I mean? And then maybe they could take that in negotiations, all that extra data. And data is king, right? In the sense that they talk about it, that's what they want. They want as much data on the player as possible. So if you're a player, you don't want them to have all that the stuff that I'm sure catapult could log on you, right. but it is what it is. And that's just how it's changed from when I started, when, when I started, I bet you, if you would have gave Martin LaPointe a catapult thing to wear, <laughs> he would have thrown it right in the garbage, you know, and Robert Lang, they'd have been like, Are you kidding me? But by the end, the veteran status had changed. You know, the young guys started to have more power than the old guys. And they're like, Chris, you putting this on? I'm like, yes. How fast can I put this on? Just put it on me. You know, I'm trying to stay in the league. So, it, again, the veteran status had changed, and I didn't have as much say as the veterans did when I came in the league. So that's just how it was. But I, I do think the tech there, when it's used properly and right, it's very, very helpful tool. Just don't overwhelm the athlete. Well, you're right in the heart of it, and you brought up an interesting point right off the, the top of our discussion, and that's uh, the supply and demand of something. And you had it from the hockey parents. So... Uh, Tell us, what, what is that experience today like in terms of their, their thirst? Because we know from generation to generation, if a pro was using a stick or, or using a, a certain pair of skates, little Johnny had to have that. Mm-hmm. Is, that is that what's happening now in the tech world? Is, is it only a matter of time before these parents will want data on their kids as well? Is, that, sure. where, is that where the next app is heading, Chris? I, I think so. I, I So... Again, I think it, it really matters on what you want to know about your athlete, right? And, and not complicating it for them. For myself, if I'm with my kids, I want to know, hey, how hard are they shooting this month compared to next month? And then in three months, and say if I had like a one mile per hour shot from month one and two and two to three, but in, three, four, in month three to four, they shot six miles per hour. So what did I do different in those months to get his shot that much stronger maybe he got stronger physically maybe we're doing something in his training so there's a lot of stuff that we're going to do as in clever that simply allows the parent or the coach to understand what's making their athlete better i think a lot of this other stuff can be just clutter and that's not where clever's going we're not going into uh you know here's like 50 shot maps you know what i mean of where the shots are coming today that's more justin born that's more borny you know <laughs> easy now <laughs> For us, you know that that's that's uh that's not us we're going into you know we want every player to simply understand what can make them better and the first first uh way we're going to do that is just the, the simple way to watch yourself to take that five second clip to annotate it share it with your athlete and get feedback and also maybe find and reach uh, coaches throughout our platform that you couldn't get third-party uh, help from before. So say if you're you're a coach uh, in Saskatoon and you do a really good job and some kid in New York wants to, you know, have you analyze his shot, you could send him a clip in two seconds. He could literally send it back, right? Now you're also creating a bit of a coaching marketplace and a crowdsourcing platform for coaches and third-party access. So that's the way I see it. That's the way I, I want Clever to go and I envision it. Um, and we're right there now, especially with our first uh, app on the market. But again, I, I, I don't want us to go into that, you know, just logging every and anything in the sense of uh, team data. He's former National Hockey Leaguer and a Stanley Cup champion, and he's got a new app out uh, called Clever. Hey, Chris, congratulations on this thing, man. And uh, um, just just your, uh, your passion and... Uh, you know, the, the want for trying to help kids out there, man, I give you full credit. Well, well thanks, Nick. And uh, I look to, forward to see you back maybe in a broadcast booth with me one day. Hey, why don't we do a, 
a big thing together, you know, and then you can send me some little Buddhas too. You're you're (laughs) welcome here anytime, anytime. Appreciate the time. Yeah. If you could ever send me those peach ones, let me know. I will. I will. Justin, you're my delivery boy, okay? <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing like this a relegated we're, here. we're still waiting on some boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks Get for doing line. this, Chris. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, Steger. You know, the one thing, and I'm a member of the NHL alumni, and, you know, unfortunately, you know, we still hear a lot of tough stories out there. But, you know, regardless whether you made $100 or $100 million, you know, life after hockey is tough. Yeah. And, and very you know, for, for Chris now to have the option of going into a broadcast booth or even taking some time off and now, you know, putting out a, a new app like Clever where you, you, you can help kids out and help parents out and try to help the kids that want to get better, better is not an easy thing. No. I know the PA works hard trying to help guys, but not everyone knows to go to them or to try to get help or to promote their products. Or... I, I think the word's out, Justin, better than it's ever been before when yeah. it comes to the NHL alumni and Glenn Healy, Scott McKay. There's some great people in that office, and it's building. Yeah. And I think there, 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 is, there should be no excuse for any ex-player, no matter where you are and how financially secure you are that you can't pick up the phone and say hey what's out there for me and how Mm. can I be involved and if there's programs available there are and if any of my alumnus are listening right now I urge you to pick up the phone call Glenn Healy call the office get your name on the list find out what the options are out there for you programs uh, you know there's there's uh, corporate partnerships where you can get discounts yeah so, uh, you know, reach out um, and, you know, for, for Chris now to go back into a business world and essentially he's right. I mean, we were hockey players. We weren't, yeah. we're not business savvy well, You got to have we good teammates study. in anything you do, Kipper. But, but th- there, there's a blueprint of success in hockey mm-hmm. and there's a blueprint for success in life. And if you, if you stick to major principles in terms of work ethic, focus, uh, being a good teammate, you can you can slide that to success off the ice mm-hmm. in the business world. The ability to delegate to people you trust yeah. is a world of difference, and yeah. just accepting that you you don't have to have your fingers in every part of it because you don't know yeah. you're not the best at, at everything. It is hard, but, and he's obviously he, found people, and you know you can feel and, and sense his excitement uh, for it. Yeah, and I, I'm the same way. I like to dabble. I like to get involved. I, you know, I mentioned, uh, you know, Little Buddha, which was just a, a whim. It, it's the first thing I've really done. And I've been retired for over 20 years, mm-hmm. but it's the first time I said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take everything I learned out of the game and I'm going to apply it in something that has nothing to do with a power play or a breakout yeah. or uh, intimidation or any part of that. I just want to see if I can take my life skills that hockey taught me into a, a, a new business and, and see, you know, what can come out of it. And, you know, two two beverages later in the LCBO, we're, we're still hanging around. It's good. Yeah, no, it's, you know, for me, it's been trying to write a book on the other side of things, just trying not to be just a hockey player. And, the, you know, it takes a little bit of help. So where, are, where are you with the book? And, uh, you know, uh, when can we eventually see this on the shelves? October of uh, 2022. The, the manuscript has been submitted. Uh, I just got my first bit of feedback on it. I'm excited about it, too, so. 
We'll uh, we'll get to the premise and all that next year well, while we, we're promoting products today. We, we can same month as my wedding, boys. Are you finally getting married? Yeah, in October next year. How long have you been engaged for? Only ten years. <laughs> Is that true or a joke? Yeah, no, no, he's serious. <laughs> my wife would not. Is that not your your high school sweetheart? Aaron, Sammy, stay with us. Just post high school. So oh, we've been together since we were 19. That's a good haul. Well, good for her for hanging in there long yeah, enough to finally see person, you reach your dreams. Hey, the only thing that would love make me love her more is if you if you told me she's a huge Montreal Canadian fan. Uh, she is half French. Or, so. or, Anyways, Oilers. Uh, talk it how about Oilers? <laughs> <laughs> she got a McDavid jersey. Doesn't seem likely. No. No. All right. We got Rick Talkett, too. Right now. He's here. No. Yes. Talk, are you really out there? I'm here, buddy. I'm here for you. Where are you? Where are you these days? I'm in Atlanta. We got, uh, we're got we doing the uh, Kraken-Anaheim Ducks game tonight. Oh, my gosh. Game day. You're, 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 you're making an appearance on Real Kipper and Born on game day. That's kind of cool. It's almost like doing an interview, you know, right after your, your afternoon nap. Were you, were you a big afternoon nap guy before a game? Yeah, I would say like I was a 50-minute guy. I wasn't like a full. Some guys are an hour and a half. Like I, I could never go like more than an hour. You know, I, uh, you know, were, were you a big one? I, I, like, a, like an hour. Oh, you know, like I was full. 130 to 1.30 to 2.30 type of thing. Our, you know? sh- our show is at nap time. Kipper's still sleeping half the time for the first hour here. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was full dungeon. I'd take shin pad tape and... And, and tape the curtains right up against oh the wall so no light would come in. That's intense. That's yeah. intense. Oh, yeah. I like the cave look. Yeah, I need the cave too. But, uh, yeah, I think more than an hour I get a little sluggish. Yeah. So, talk. what are you guys hearing south of the border? And uh, I think uh, here in, in Ontario it was just announced that uh, uh, capacity will go down to 50% uh, when it comes to the Ottawa Senators and the Toronto Maple Leafs just in terms of south of the border um what's where do you make all of this out with covid yeah i was getting some uh texts from some people on that um you know uh it, you know the more people are getting it doesn't look good um but for me it's you know then i know no olympics uh they might shut the league down in a couple of weeks like I just can't see that happening uh to that extent i mean unless it gets you know it gets really really crazy um, I don't know, Nick. It's a tough one. I, I honestly don't know. Talk, what's it like behind the scenes for teams going through a lot of the protocols, like masking up in the dressing room, trying to run a meeting with a mask on? You know, what, what were your experiences with that? Because right now they're going back to it here, it sounds like, and man, that sounds miserable. Yeah, it, I, I can tell you, and I understand some of it, but it sucked. I mean, uh, you right. know, you could only have me. I remember last year, we, you know, especially you could only have meetings with three or four guys. Um, you know, you had to have box lunches. I mean, some stuff I understood, and some stuff just didn't make sense. I mean, um, and it, it was hard on the trainers. You know, how do you how do you have lockers uh, six feet? You know, we had three basically dressing rooms. Uh, so you had to. It was hard to get a meeting together uh, for the whole team. You very rarely had a whole meeting together for at least six weeks. I remember, like so. Um, but you know, you, guy, teams dealt with it. You know, you just got to deal with that stuff. Um, but some stuff I agreed with and understood, but some stuff didn't make sense. But uh, they might, yeah. Is, is it going to go right back to that as, as last year? It's going to be tough on teams for sure. 
I just want to get your thoughts because, you know, you've coached today's players. You know them. Uh, the whole thought and idea but between the NHL and the NHL Players Association is we, we, don't, we, we know what's going on outside the world, but we're going to try to contain this within our little, you know, areas of the National Hockey right. League. Is it possible with the kids today and, you know, the attitudes, uh, the money, that you're going to have success containing this, even, like, 100%? Because if it's only 70 or 80, it it really defeats the purpose of trying to keep everybody home. Yeah. You think it's possible? Yeah. You think it, they'll listen? Yeah, it was it was tough. Um, you know, you're asking, you know, I remember last year you're asking guys to stay at home. Like, and, you know, then... The question, I remember we had the, uh, the CDC doctor on and guys were asking, well, can I go to dinner and if I get a back pay? Like, there's questions of, you know, guys just didn't, you know, some guys are like, I don't want to sit at home all day or all night and not be able to go to dinner, like as simple as that. So is it hard to get 100% compliance? Absolutely. Uh, whether it's today's player or what, um, you know, guys are used to a certain lifestyle um, and to just take things away, it's going to be really hard, hard to get 100% compliance for sure. It is, and obviously we're going to be left with some shortened rosters. It sounds like with the salary cap, um, you're not able to call people up because they'll count against the cap, yada, yada. So going to be an interesting uh, thing to keep an eye on going forward. Um, an- another thing that's going on in the NHL right now, we had some coaching changes recently. The Canucks got made a coaching change and got uh, five straight wins out of Bruce Boudreaux. What are your thoughts on a new coach coming in and, you know, teams kind of giving that initial pushback? What do you get from players when a new coach comes into an organization like that? Yeah, I kind of, you know, obviously Bruce going to their 5-0. I mean, I feel horrible for Travis Green. I think he's a hell of a coach. Me too, yeah. Um, I really feel bad for him. Uh, I, I think a perception, you know, I, listen, every's you know, it's like Bruce is the savior and they're 5-0, but... Uh, you know, you got to dial it back a little bit. Listen, I, and I like Bruce, don't get me wrong, but I'm also, you know, Travis Green's a close friend of mine. Uh, you know, they played a lot of teams back-to-back. Uh, they played, you know, uh, some lesser teams. I'm not, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to lessen what Bruce has done because, like you said, he's done a great job. Um, you know, and uh, Demko has just been absolutely outstanding uh, those, those other four games that I've watched. But, um, Yep. I mean, that's a tough market. Guys are playing tight. Um, you know, the, the whole scene was everybody was waiting for something to happen. So Bruce goes in there and, and, and adds a little bit of, you know, uh, his style of, uh, you know, his humor, but also the way he approaches the game. And it's, and it's worked. Uh, there's a long road ahead, but you got to give him a lot of credit for it. I'll tell you that. Just that, that whole kind of perception of, uh, low expectations and they were there prior to that uh, coaching change and general manager change in Vancouver. The Ottawa Senators score eight on the road for the first time in I don't know how many years. They're five and one talk and they've beaten out of the five teams, the Hurricanes, the Avalanche, the Lightning and the Panthers. (laughs) Like... Uh, how do you explain that? Um, can you relate a little bit from being in Arizona where there are lo- low expectations and you're at, you're still as a coach asking so much out of your players? Yeah, you know, you got to you got to give them credit because, you know, they've they've had a tough start and there's been a lot of things thrown their way. Uh and everybody understands that. Uh they're starting to get their act together. Um they're fun team to watch, especially. I mean, I've watched them the last couple of weeks, um, but it's hard as a coach because 
yeah, there's low expectations, but you can't go in the dressing room and, and t- tell your players, well, you know, we're not supposed to win these games. We're not that good. You have to always have that bar high, and you got to try to sustain it. And, uh, you know, it's a long season. Um, does this give those young guys the confidence in these last two weeks? Hey, if we do the right things, if we can stay healthy, uh, get these young, young guys maturing, to play a consistent game, we can do, look what the damage we can do. So uh, I think it's a great story. It also just makes, you know, teams aware that anybody can win if you got high energy and you got, you believe in stuff. Um, and like I said, they've had a tough start with the COVID and stuff. And like, you know, a lot of things, a lot of teams get thrown through different obstacles thrown their way. The same thing happened in Arizona. I mean, I, there was a bunch of stuff that I've thrown our way. And if you can somehow kind of deflect it and, and, and get, get on right footing, you can, you can overcome certain things. What do you think when you look at Arizona right now and you hear what's going on, you know, they're going to be out of their building potentially after this year and everyone's yeah. talking about potential arenas they might play in. I'm looking at the pictures of some of these buildings, like the Phoenix Coliseum. Really? Like, what are your thoughts when you see what's going on down there? Yeah, I've heard a lot of different things. It's tough. Uh, there's just can't, there's just so much noise around that organization over the years and it's really hard. I don't care who you are as a player to, to keep that outside noise out, you know? Um, you know, I, that's why I was talking about uh, Jeffrey Vinnick going into Tampa. I, it was, I forget the year. Was it was 2000. I can't remember the year he went in there. And he basically went in there and he just, this is what we're going to do. Uh, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do that. And obviously they did a great job drafting him before that. But, uh, and, uh, you know, Steve Eisenhower in there. And, and it's a model franchise. You know, he buys all that real estate around the rink. I mean, it can be done. You just got to keep that outside noise out of there. Um, I, I'm sure it, it weighs on the players. Where are we going to play next year? You right. know, kind of, is there going to be at the, at, like you said, Coliseum, or is there going to be at ASU? It could be at ASU. Who knows where it could be? It could be at a 5,000 seats, you know, maybe a 5,000 seat stadium. It, it, and don't, don't think I'm outlandish saying that it could happen. Oh. Um, that kind of sucks for the players. I got to tell you. Well, yeah. And like, that's not what you, you sign a long-term deal. You, you don't think you're playing in front of 5,000 people in, uh, you know, what, what is it up the road there where they play in the American league or, you know, any of the places around there uh, does not sound overly appealing. Um, you know, the, the big hullabaloo a couple weeks ago or a week ago, I guess, was that Trevor Zegers goal that we've talked about. Um, and man, the yeah. people have talked about that and talked about it till it's blue in the face. You, yeah, you know, thanks to Tortorella and, and talk. <laughs> yeah. You too, buddy. You, you poured a little gasoline on that old uh, fire. Yeah. And do you feel any differently yeah. about it after talking about it for so many times? I just love the Twitter trolls and, and the media. Like, <laughs> like, it, like what, what I said is I loved it. It was awesome. It was great. All yeah. I said, I'm thinking the other side. If I'm on the other side, I'm saying I, I'm going to do a reaction. I'm I'm never going to back down on my statement. Like, like nothing drives me nuts is, you know, even the football, a guy gets beat, the guy starts doing a high dance in front of you. The next play, I'm going to try to drill the guy. You're out of here. I'm a competitive guy. I'm not saying it wasn't a great play. Right. Well, a f- terrific play. And actually, even Biz was talking. He thought he could actually pass it on the ice to, uh, to Milano. If you look at it, I didn't really look at it that close, but I was talking to Biz. And Biz says, if you really look, uh, he could have passed it on the ice and did it that way. Hey, he did it the other way. Great for hockey, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not sure I agree with Torts. It's not good for hockey. But I understand what Torts is saying. Hey, if I'm on the other side, 
I want a reaction. I don't want some guy celebrating in my crease like uh, some players have done before because that's all. Call me a dinosaur. I'm a competitive guy. So people that get that call you an old man because that, hey, go for it. I, I, but I, I never said I did not like that play. I just said I want, the re- I want a reaction from the other side. My job as an analyst or whatever is to think of both ways. And I thought it was terrific, but I'm also thinking of the other side too. You know, uh, can, can I ask you to put your, your coach's hat on for a second and your, your yeah. uh, conference final or Stanley Cup final and it's game seven? You, you, want, you want your player to make that pass? Well, listen, if, if he could execute it like that play in the last minute of the game to win the game, hey, I'm the first guy to hug guy. But if there's a, if there's a play to be made where the, the, the better play, which is the, 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 whether, whether it's the right way or the, the better percentage, I want the better percentage play. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I, I will tell you, yeah, that, you know, you're showing video of, of teams doing it for practice and joking around it. I love that part. But, hey, I don't think practicing that day and night is going to get you in the NHL. There's so much to the other. You know, that's a skill. I get it. But there's so much more to the game of hockey. So, mm-hmm. um, hey, if the guy can make it a game seven, go for it. Uh, but I'll tell you what, if he doesn't try, if there's a play there and he tries that play, I'll be pissed at him because he should have made the other play. That's, yeah. a, that's really what coaches say, right? No, 100%. That's, uh, that's something we discussed a little bit too. Um, we also discussed in the show, obviously, last night, the Maple Leafs and the, the Oilers went at it. Leafs get get uh, yeah. a 5-1 victory. But, you know, McDavid had kind of a quiet night, and the Leafs have had pretty decent success at having him have quiet nights. I want to get your take on coaching against Connor McDavid. Like, is there anything you can do to st- slow that guy down? Like, is it just a matter of luck for the Leafs that they had a decent night against him, or is there some sort of strategy a team can employ? Well, I think the strategy is if you can limit, obviously, is, is, is uh, odd man, you know, your odd man rushes. Like when he's on the ice, um, you know, you got, you know, I remember watching the Pittsburgh game about two weeks ago. I think one of the when they actually won a game, uh, uh, Edmonton. Um, Pittsburgh was the better team throughout the whole game, but they gave him three odd man rushes the whole game, and they and and McDavid converted on all three. If you can limit those odd man rushes, make him play be- below the hash marks, you got a better chance to win it. Uh, that's really what it comes down to. Um, try to make him play a, you know, a game in the corners, a game behind the net, things like that. Um, I don't. I think every coach knows that. You know, you just got to make sure that the players execute those plays. But you know, when he's on the ice, you got to make sure. And you can't, you know, I can't stand when defense and 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 forwards skate backwards in the neutral zone when he's on the ice. You got to you got to gap up skating forward against mm-hmm. that guy. You got no chance skating backwards. Uh, everybody's got to you know do the same thing. You, you know, I call it fish hooking. You, you skate forward and. You know, obviously, you got to start skating forward a lot quicker because it's him. But skating backwards, backing in against him is not the way to play against McDavid. Talk, have a great call tonight. Seattle Kraken, Anaheim Ducks on TNT south of the border. Uh, Talk, thanks for doing this, pal. Great questions, guys. Thanks. Take care, boys. Rick Talk at three-time Stanley Cup champion. That's all you do as an analyst. You just try to take a side. The last thing you want is some... Somebody to just sit on a fence. Wishy-washiness is not even your, though, not your e- style, Even huh? though you're going to get hammered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess that's something I've had to come to grips with is, yeah, you It know, comes with age. It, honestly, it does. With, I think it comes with being comfortable with yourself, just being like, well, that is what I feel, and I'm pretty sure I'm right in that. So that's the way it's going to go. Unless you're a natural like Sammy. And just, <laughs> Sammy could give a right? damn what you have to say. Sammy's on the leaf side. <laughs> yeah. 
You know what, though? Sammy's going to get exposure being on the, this show to a wider breadth of people who tell him he's, he's an idiot, and he'll be tested to I see if he care. cares or not. I don't care. I am an idiot. So <laughs> hey, um, That's what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah, I talk about being comfortable. Yeah. So Vegas and Pacioretty seem to be heating it up a little bit now. And Vegas, huh? Jack Eichel starting to make some noise that uh, could be back in the lineup sooner than maybe even expected. Not February? What are we talking here, Kip? Well, the whole idea for for Jack, I, I, I know was the focus, was uh, to be named on uh, Team USA, which I think was a lock for him if, in fact, we knew for sure if they were going. But, so we're looking at after the Olympic break, or you think before? I'll try to get out there. Uh, he's he's going to play for Vegas. I think the idea was to get games in before. Yeah. January, Jack Eichel. What do you think? Uh, that would be fun. I think there's a very good chance we'll see Jack Eichel playing games in Las Vegas. I, that, I want that so bad. Me too. I, he's one of those guys that you watch him. Sorry, Buffalo, but you've been terrible. And you've watched him on Buffalo and just be like, free Eichel. Get him somewhere. I want to watch him. The way he meaningful skates games. is always, it's always fascinated me. So upright. A little bit Bob Borney, actually. He's got the wide track, just, long leg. God, he looks like, shoot it. Looks I, like I wonder, you're going slow, but you're flying. I, I just wonder what this whole experience for him has done, you know? Tainted him? No, him no, no. I don't up. think, I, yeah, I just think that yeah, maybe it's just it settled him a little bit. Fresh start. Fresh start, but... As you get older, what's important, what's not important, and, you know, just truly zone in and focus on your game because he is one talented guy. Mm-hmm. I think there's a potential for him to be unbelievable like when he the, comes the back. next three years of Eichel yeah, could like, be a and, force. And those Sabres fans being like, well, we got the, the first-round pick, and we got, what else? Tuck. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and it's just like Eichel scoring 50 Yucking it up with Padrette. I, I can picture this going quite badly for Buffalo very soon. I hope it does, and no disrespect to Buffalo, but, like, you don't want to see a scenario where it is the neck surgery thing just doesn't work and it yeah. goes badly for Vegas. That's the other side of this is, is there a chance that, you know, I don't know, he's more vulnerable or he's, I don't know. Has, has not the last two years taught us that there's always a chance at something somewhere, good or bad? The simulation is glitching. Oh. The world has gone weird. And heaven forbid the Buffalo Bills miss the playoffs, too. Oh, my God. They're <laughs> heading the wrong direction. As a Jets fan, I got to say, that would not upset me. Uh, Tom Brady now 33-3 and against the Buffalo Bills. 33-3. and Not That's, bad. It can't be much worse again than, than the Jets. That would get you a Cy Young award, much wouldn't better. it? Yes. 33-3? <laughs> yeah. All right, our thanks. Christopher Stieg, Sammy Constantino. Rick Tockett, Justin Bourne, Sammy and Derek. Right back tomorrow. Let's hope we steady the ship. Don't want to hear more names. Don't want to hear postponed games. Bad news, Kipper. It's going to be names. Hold our breath. Thanks for listening, everybody. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, real Kipper and Bourne. Right back at you tomorrow.